Well, nobody in the Biden administration has been willing to come out and condemn communism. But it's not a surprise. Not in the least. Not if you understand who the Democrat, who the Democrats are, what the Democratic Party represents. And the reason they won't condemn communism and come out and say it and speak against it is simple. It's because they admire communism. We have it already. Semblances of it. It's not here to the, to the extent that it exists in Cuba or China. But it's already here. I mean, look what happened with the protesters, right? They're on the street protesting. And the internet is shut off by the government. They're trying to create a blackout so that they can, well, so that the people can't get out the story of what's actually happening to them so that the Cuban communist government can control the narrative. Is that not what already happens here, folks, with our fake media, our propagandist media, who shapes narratives day in and day out? I mean, that's one of the great points I want to make here, folks, is that Well, we aren't that far from Cuba. Our democracy has been under attack for many, many years. I mean, the president of the United States, former president of the United States, Donald Trump, has been permanently banned from Twitter. Do you know that while Donald Trump is banned from Twitter, the communist dictator there in Cuba, he's still allowed to tweet? I mean, the government tries to control every narrative. When it came to things like hydroxychloroquine in the early days of the pandemic, when Donald Trump came out in support of it, well, you weren't allowed to post about hydroxychloroquine. And those things that you are now allowed, permitted to to post, whether it's based on the election or anything related to COVID, well, what happens? You get flagged. You get some warning below your post from Twitter or Facebook that says, oh, go here to find the the true information about COVID, the true information about the elections. I mean, that's that's not far off from what's happening, happening in Cuba. I mean, our voices have been silenced already. It hasn't been a complete blackout. But what's to say that's not ahead in the future? I mean, we're rapidly moving towards it. I mean, when it comes to everything, when it comes to the January 6th, quote-unquote, insurrection that we talked about time and time again, that I just talked about in a previous episode, it's a fabricated narrative. They are shaping the narrative, and they are not allowing the truth to be spread. I mean, Hillary Clinton posts that Protesters killed a Capitol Police officer on January 6th? That's an absolute lie. The D.C. coroner ruled that Brian Sicknick died of natural causes. He died of a stroke, of a heart attack. And yet the media comes out and says that's not what happened. Time and time again, they lie through their teeth. But that's what you have to understand about the Democratic Party. They are, they have the same attitude, the same ideology as dictators. They want communism, a form of it, in the United States. 
They want to end our free and fair elections by, by passing the S-1 for the People Act. I mean, the label of that itself is a trope from totalitarians. Where they give something a title to give it the superficial semblance of having some kind of positive impact of it being noble when in reality, in practice, in execution, it does the opposite. The S-1 for the People Act federalizes elections, which puts the power to change election laws in all 50 states in the hands of the ruling party, the Democratic Party. That's not for the people. That's for the Democratic Party. That's against the American people. And so my takeaway that's unique on this in watching what's unfolding in Cuba is that we should really wake up quick in America and see that what's happening in Cuba is actually happening here. And that's the reason that the Democratic Party, Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, anyone in the administration, when asked if they will condemn it as communism, when asked if the reason that they're protesting is against communism, they will not admit that it's against communism. Because if they admit that these people are protesting communism, and all the American people understand that communism is horrible in Cuba and that what's happening to the Cuban people is an atrocity, well, that harms the Democratic Party. So that's the reason they won't condemn it, because they admire it. But I want to play a clip from Jen Psaki, for example, when she's asked directly by a Fox News reporter. I believe it's uh, Ducey, Peter Ducey. Well, she's asked. I'll let you hear for yourself, and then I'll comment. You guys. Why are people leaving Cuba, or what is the process for them getting here? I can explain either of them, but you tell me. Sure, yeah. Do you think well, I caught that just before he asked the, uh, the question that preempts her response. But it's actually, well, it's a, it's a happy accident, a good accident, that I did play that, that first part. Because listen to her voice. Uh, well, what do you, which, which question are you asking? Because I can answer uh, either one of those for you. These people, I mean, she's a press secretary. Her job is to stand up there and answer reporters' questions. But how dare you, how dare you push against the Democratic Party Marxist totalitarian machine? They hate to be questioned. If they could do away with these press conferences and get away with it, they absolutely would. But the absolute... In her voice, you hear this with Kamala Harris and countless Democrats every time. How dare you criticize them? How dare you ask them pointed questions? How dare you ask the ruling elite anything? But that's important because that's also representative of the totalitarian mindset of these individuals who hate to be questioned and hate to have to answer, hate to have to answer to the American people. They don't want to. And that's why I say, they admire communism because in a communist regime, you don't have to answer questions. You just sit behind your desk and make things happen. Think that people are leaving Cuba because they don't like communism. I think we've been pretty clear that we think people are leaving Cuba or not leaving Cuba or protesting in the streets all as well because uh, they are opposed to the oppression, to the mismanagement of the government in the country. And she just she can't say it. She won't say it's against communism. Did you hear the very important part there, though? Because she gave the game away. They're opposed to the oppression and the mismanagement of the government. Mismanagement. Communism is not the problem to these people. They're saying that, essentially, well, they're mismanaging communism. That's why there's a problem. It's not communism. 
It's not the fact that that ideology by its very nature is oppressive, is a disaster, is a disgrace, is evil. No, 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 it's a mismanagement. But let's hear what she has to say to complete it. We certainly support their right to protest. We support uh, their efforts to speak out against their treatment in Cuba. Honestly, people like Jin Psaki, Democrats have the lowest digit IQs of anyone in the world. I mean, here she is again. We've heard this time and time again from Democrats in the Biden administration who suggest that they support the right of the Cuban people to protest. What they fail to understand or fail to admit is that under communism, you don't have a right to protest. You don't have a right to peaceful assembly. You don't have a right to free speech. You don't have a right to bear arms. And that's important too, by the way. This should make it very clear. As you see these police officers going through these groups of protesters, beating them, arresting them. In one case, we just had this awful video of Cuban police going into a home and shooting a Cuban citizen in the back, beating him. Blood all over the floor in front of his toddler? Well, that's the reason we have a Second Amendment right, folks. That is the reason that in America we have the right to bear arms. It's not about hunting. It's so that we're not Cuba. We have a Second Amendment right so that we are not Cuba. We have a Second Amendment right to bear arms as a deterrent to any government coming down on us like this and treating us like garbage like lesser human beings, from exacting their will on us. That's why we have a Second Amendment right. And the Cuban people don't have a Second Amendment right. They don't have a right to bear arms. They don't own guns. And that's why it's easy to put down these revolts. It's easy to put down these protests because you're outgunned and there's no deterrent against government's totalitarian ambitions and treatment of the American people. You are a slave under communism because you don't have the ability to defend yourselves. And that is why we have guns in Americans' hands to prevent our government from treating we the people like the Cuban dictator treats the Cuban people. And I want to make another very, very clear statement that cannot be misinterpreted, okay? The reason the Democrats won't condemn communism, what it amounts to, Jen Psaki, Joe Biden, the Democratic Party in America, they are defending communism. They are defending it. That is what this is about. Because, do you know what the antithesis to communism is? The antithesis to communism is capitalism. Capitalism is the opposite of communism. Capitalism is freedom. And communism is despotism and slavery. And that's why they won't condemn communism. And I'll prove my point here this way. This is from a... uh, an article from The Independent, which comes out of, out of the UK. 
This is a headline from November 7th, 2019. Are you ready? Because this is what this is about. Here's the headline. More than a third of millennials approve of communism. A YouGov poll indicates. A political science professor per this article says, capitalism is clearly and undeniably failing. It's directly responsible for the climate catastrophe and everybody knows it. You see, the Democratic Party is the party in America that is the totalitarian party. They are, today, the Communist Party. That's true. Acknowledge it. Remember it. Say it out loud and spread the word. And we know that the the Democratic Party has been attacking capitalism, well, for decades now. They've been chipping away at capitalism. And it's led to this point now where more than a third of millennials, people my age and my generation, my age bracket, I'm 34, so more than a third of people like me in my age range approve of communism. And so now we have a clear example in the real world of how dangerous communism is. Because it's one thing to talk about communism in schools and talk about its merits and try and preach that, yes, it creates equality and capitalism's greedy and so on and so forth. You know, it's one thing to sit in a classroom at Harvard when you're privileged and everything else and hear that communism is good without seeing directly with your own eyes because you live in America where you're still relatively free and you're still, well, the beneficiary, the inheritor of the greatest nation in the history of the world. It's one thing to sit in the classroom and hear that capitalism's bad and communism's good. But then when you have Cuban people who live in one of the clearest examples of pure communism that still exists in this world, modern world today, and you see what it's done to these people, when you see the Cuban people who live under communism and have for their entire lives protesting it and waving the American flag, well, it starts to make that lie from the Democratic Party and these liberal leftist Marxist professors that teach our children, well, it shows that it's not true. And that's why they won't condemn communism. Because if they come out and condemn communism, well, what happens to this more than a third of millennials who approve of it. They've been working on these generations, these, these young people's minds, poisoning them for a long time so that they can finally fulfill the Democratic Party's purpose, desire, intention, goal of eradicating the Constitution and getting rid of the idea that our rights are unalienable. They want to rule over us. They want to take us back to pre-1776 and erase all the progress of America because the Democratic Party doesn't represent progress. They represent a dark age, a mentality that left human beings in, 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 well, in a state of slavery for the entire history of mankind and America... America was the first and only country to discard that that vile notion and replace it with a belief in individuality, individual rights, and unalienable rights.
So that's why Jin Psaki won't condemn communism. Because to condemn communism is to condemn the Democratic Party, and to condemn communism, well, it's to undo and recognize and admit that the lies they've been saying for decades, that capitalism is bad and communism is good, well, they've got egg on their face. But now I want to get to Barack Obama, because he is the one, of course, who sought to normalize relations with Cuba. And of course, he went to Cuba while he was president of the United States, and he gave a speech on Cuban soil. And I'm going to play a little bit of that speech, and we're going to get into it, because I've got many, many important points to make, and there are many things that I hope you take away from this with you. But here's Barack Obama, part of what he said in Cuba. But we cannot and should not ignore the very real differences that we have about how we organize our governments, our economies, and our societies. Cuba has a one-party system. The United States is a multi-party democracy. Cuba has a socialist economic model. The United States is an open market. Cuba has emphasized the role and rights of the state. The United States is founded upon the rights of the individual. So there he is highlighting the differences between Cuba and the United States. He starts off saying, of course, Cuba is a one-party state. Well, that's exactly what the Democratic Party wants. They want a one-party state. That's why they're pushing the S-1 bill, the For the People Act, to federalize, federalize elections in this nation and end free and fair elections. That's why they're opposing voter IDs, so they can keep cheating. So you see, the Democratic Party, Barack Obama there, is highlighting the differences between America and Cuba. But what's amazing is that the Democratic Party is trying to implement policies and do things in this nation which make us exactly like Cuba, which make us what he's saying there about Cuba apply here. And then he goes on, he says, Cuba has a socialist economic model. America, the United States, has an open market. But the Democratic Party is constantly chipping away at capitalism, chipping away at the quote-unquote open market. Their policies are socialist. We know this. All right? Everything they want to do is to put our systems, our free market, under the control of the government. Obamacare is a socialist policy. Everything the Democratic Party wants to do is conducted by the state. They don't want free markets here. They want to control the labor. I mean, you, had, you have people like AOC in the Democratic Party who are insane, who want to, well, create a, a, a workforce like we haven't seen since World War II, a mobilization effort to plant trees. I mean, this is what these people are proposing. Government control. I mean, you have, for example, I mean, we could go back to Obama himself. He said, your jobs aren't coming back. He says, you know, get, re get, get used to this new normal, which is horrible, the worst economic growth in our history. Get used to it. This is the new normal. You have John Kerry and, Bra John Kerry and, um, and Joe Biden. 
who are saying essentially that, well, you know, they're policies that are meant to create green new jobs and, you know, eliminating the Keystone Pipeline and moving away from, from oil and gas in this country, these quote-unquote pollutants. Well, yeah, you know, you're going to lose your job if you work in oil or coal or something like that, but you're just going to have to go and, well, get a new job working, uh, making solar panels. I mean, that's how these people think. That's not a free market when the government is, is eliminating our independence with fossil fuels and forcing us into a society in which we use solar panels and then telling people, well, you're going to have to go work for solar panels. No, no, no. That's what Cuba does. That's what communism does. They control everything. Obama says Cuba has em- emphasized the rights and the role of the state. America has emphasized individual rights, the role of the individual. What, what, what? I mean, this is amazing because the Democratic Party does not emphasize individual rights. They emphasize the rights and the role of the government. Just look at the last year with the pandemic. They didn't emphasize individual rights. They emphasized the government's rights. Do as we say for the good, for the, for the greater good. That's what communists say. When they mandate masks, when they mandate, now they want to try and mandate vaccinations. They come out and you have people like Fauci who are saying, you know, three-year-olds need to keep wearing masks on their faces. They're saying that, you know, we Americans, the Americans who don't want to get vaccinated, well, they're going to come to your door and knock on your door with a, with a needle in their hands and say, have you been vaccinated yet? And if you say no, they're going to say, well, I can stick you right now. That's not emphasizing the individual's rights. That's emph- emphasizing totalitarianism, the will of the government over the people. So Obama goes to Cuba and he talks about the differences between the United States and Cuba And yet the Democratic Party and Obama have done more to make this country like Cuba than anyone in our history. And that's the point. That's the great irony of all of this. And I've got to continue with Obama's speech here. Bear with me. I know it's hard to listen to this guy. We're so thankful he's not our president anymore because we're sick of listening to him sick of listening to his, his lies and his uh, demagoguery, but for the sake of this lesson that must not ever be forgotten, we have to continue with him. So here is Obama continuing. I have come here to bury the last remnant of the Cold War in the Americas. You don't normalize relations with a, a country that has not done anything that you have asked, and demanded. You know, the Cold War ended with the USSR. That is when we faced the possibility of nuclear destruction. Well, that ended because of Reagan's policy. Reagan's policy of peace through strength, of putting the might of America, the full force on the neck of the communist USSR in Russia. We did we did not normalize relations with the USSR 
so long as they continued their communist practices and their threats against America? No, no, no. That wasn't the point. Normalization occurs when you, an enemy nation, a nation that espouses beliefs that are antithetical to the preaching of America, which is that of freedom and unalienable rights, only after you change will we normalize relations. But of course, Obama goes over to Cuba while they're communist, while their people are suffering, and he announces, we're going to normalize relations. Opening up travel, it's going to be so great for you. But before I get into that, this, well, before I eviscerate the unintelligent Barack Obama. By the way, when I play these clips of him where he's speaking for more than four seconds of, at a time, I'm actually eliminating all the dead air in his speech. I'm actually consolidating his words because Barack Obama talks like this. We are going to normalize relations. Pause, 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 pause. We have much in common with Cuba. Pause, 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 pause. I have some advice for the Cuban people. Pause, pause. The guy can't put two sentences together without pausing. That's what a great speaker he is. But here's Obama. I want to be clear. The differences between our governments over these many years are real, and they are important. I'm sure President Castro would say the same thing. I know because I've heard him address those differences at length. But before I discuss those issues, we also need to recognize how much we share. So in that particular case, that audio, I did not alter anything. So you see what I'm talking about. The guy pauses forever after everything he says. But he's such a great speaker, one of the greatest speakers in American history. Such baloney like everything else. And actually, you know what? I have all these clips to play of him. But I'm just going to get straight to uh, one of them because, honestly, I can't tolerate listening to this guy anymore. Honestly, it's making this show run long because he's such a slow speaker who uses so many words to say nothing. Uh, So here's Obama again in Cuba. Today I want to share with you my vision of what our future can be. I want the Cuban people, especially the young people, to understand why I believe that you should look to the future with hope. Not the false promise which insists that things are better than they really are, or the blind optimism that says all your problems can go away tomorrow. Hope that is rooted in the future that you can choose, and that you can shape, and that you can build for your country. I'm hopeful because I believe that the Cuban people are as innovative as any people in the world. In a global economy powered by ideas and information, a country's greatest asset is its people. In the United States, we have a clear monument to what the Cuban people can build. It's called Miami. Here in Havana, we see that same talent in Cuento Propistas, cooperatives and old cars that still run. This idiot, Barack Obama, talking about how the young people in Cuba living under communism should be hopeful because he sees the talent of the Cuban people. And of course, the talent of the Cuban people 
He equates to what they built in Miami, which is in America. They can't build Miami and Cuba, you stupid moron Barack Obama, you communist, because they live in a communist society. They are not unbridled. They're just doesn't matter how intelligent, brilliant, and innovative the Cuban citizen is. They are suffocated by a communist government that will not free them. A communist government that does not give them the opportunities that they have in America. They can't build Miami in Cuba, Barack, because they're in Cuba. And of course, he points to the example of, oh, you know, you have all these old cars that you're able to keep running. I mean, this, this guy, I mean, honestly, this, this, this speech makes me nauseous. But of course, the media, I remember, that covered this was clapping like seals. Yeah, just like that, over and over for Obama. Just because he's Obama. Unbelievable, this guy. But let's just finish out with one clip, and then we'll be done with Obama for this segment, okay? We both live in a new world, colonized by Europeans. Cuba, like the United States, was built in part by slaves brought here from Africa. Like the United States, the Cuban people can trace their heritage to both slaves and slave owners. And that's the sickest part of Barack Obama's, Barack Hussein Communist Obama's entire speech. He goes to Cuba where the people are living in misery and poverty because of communism. And he extends them an olive branch by suggesting that, ooh, Cuba's not so different than America because, you know, we both had slavery in our history. So Barack Obama doesn't go to Cuba and condemn communism. He doesn't demand that Castro tear down this wall, so to speak, as Reagan did in Berlin, the Berlin Wall. No, no, he goes there and he says, we have so much in common because, look, uh, you know, we, had, we were built on slavery just like you were built on slavery. So he goes to Cuba, to a country that pales in comparison to America, whose government is antithetical to America, who is suffering because they have not adopted the freedom that we enjoy and the prosperity that we enjoy in America. And he, he attacks America's history and founding, but he does not attack communism. Do you understand where I'm going with this? The Democratic Party hates America. They admire communism. They admire Cuba. He goes there and he takes a dump on America, but he won't take a dump on Castro. That's what's astounding about this. And the writing was on the wall back then. That's, you know, Barack Obama redefined the Democratic Party and who they are today. They are the inheritors of Obama's administration, his radical communist administration. And of course, years after Obama's out of office, after normalizing relations with Cuba, well, what's the result? Nothing changed in Cuba. Yes, Americans were allowed to go and vacation 
and smoke some Cuban cigars and drink some some really high-quality rum, but that did not benefit the Cuban citizen. It only benefited the communist government. The normalization did nothing to help the Cuban citizen. And, you know, this is just more along the lines of the failure that was Barack Obama and that is the failure of the Democratic Party. Everything they do is a failure. Everything they do is detrimental not only to America, but to other people around the world that seek freedom, like the Cubans. And so now we have protests in the streets demonstrating that Barack Obama did nothing for the Cubans. He did nothing for the oppressed. He did nothing for those in Cuba who want nothing more than to have the freedom and unalienable rights that are in America. That's why they are proudly waving the American flag as a symbol of freedom. Barack Obama believes the American flag is a symbol of oppression and slavery. But for everyone else in the world who has much more brain power and understanding of history and the greatness of America than does Barack Obama, well, they wave that flag proudly, as they should and as we should in America. But I know that went long with Barack Obama, but I think it's important because this didn't begin today. History didn't begin begin today. We conservatives don't believe that. That's what the left believes. History begins with them, with whatever they say, with their rewriting of it. But there you have Barack Obama going and slobbering at the feet of a communist dictator and taking a dump on America. And that should tell you everything you need to know about the Democratic Party. But I want to play, um, well, to, to resuscitate us here, to give us hope, and to actually hear what an actual patriot, an actual great American, an actual statesman sounds like, what an actual statesman should have said in Cuba, because Ronald Reagan, well, he gave a famous speech called the Evil Empire Speech, and he did not talk about the Soviet Union, the USSR in favorable terms. He did not try to point out our similarities. No, no, no. He attacked them in no uncertain terms. He called them out and he condemned them because they were communist. Here is the late, great Ronald Reagan. Yes, let us pray for the salvation of all of those who live in that totalitarian darkness. Pray they will discover the joy of knowing God. But until they do, let us be aware that while they preach the supremacy of the state, declare its omnipotence over individual man and predict its eventual domination of all peoples on the earth, they are the focus of evil in the modern world. The Soviet communist Russians were back then the focus of evil in the modern world. The communist Cuban government is the focus of evil in our modern world. The communist Chinese government is the focus of evil in our modern world. And the Democratic Party in America is also 
the focus of evil in our modern world. What's happening in Cuba is happening in America. And that's the point. A former president of the United States, Donald Trump, is silenced, is banned, is censored from using Twitter, from posting videos on YouTube. But the communist dictator in Cuba is free to tweet to his heart's content. The Cuban people, well, their protests are being broken up, they're being beaten. They're being shot dead for their protesting in large part because they don't have guns, a Second Amendment right to defend themselves, to deter the government from having their way. The Democratic Party in America seeks to disarm the American citizen. The Democratic Party attacks the Second Amendment and seeks to disarm the American citizen. The communist totalitarian regime in Cuba, well, they're socialist. They seek to, and do, and have successfully, well, they own all the labor and production in China, in, in, in Cuba. The Cuban government seizes, without a moment's notice, that which should belong to the Cuban citizen. The Cuban citizens work, the toil, the struggle, the sweat that they put into their businesses and jobs, etc. Well, all of that labor belongs to the communist Cuban government. The Democratic Party in America today contends that, well, per Barack Obama, you didn't build that. You see, we aren't that far from being like Cuba. As Cuba cries out to be like America, cries out for the freedoms that we have, that our flag represents, the Democratic Party seeks to burn the American flag and tell us what a terrible, horrible country this is. And yet the Cuban people would want nothing more than to come across the 90-mile journey across the ocean to America to live like Americans do. The Democratic Party admires communism, admires Cuba, and hates America. And that's why they must be defeated absolutely. That's why the Democratic Party is the greatest threat to our nation, well, since the Civil War, as they would like to say. But I hope this has been fruitful. This is Drew Allen. Another lesson, another venture into brilliance, education, and another opportunity to combat the Marxist cancer 
that seeks to destroy our nation. All right, this is Drew Allen. Thank you for listening.